0: Hi, and welcome to Girl Talk. Join me and my closest girlfriends as we navigate life, love, and relationships. Each week, we will discuss a new topic and address it head-on with personal experiences and learned lessons. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's Girl Talk. I am your host, Britt. And I am super excited about today's episode because not only is it our first guest on the show, but it also is my very best friend, Kendall Farnsworth. So um, Kendall will be discussing today the challenges of marriage through the eyes of diversity. So Kendall is married to Martin, who is a German expat, and he lives here in America um, with Kendall, and um, she'll be sharing just the unique obstacles that that their relationship and marriage has faced due to their um, differing nationalities. So um, I'm super excited to hear from Kendall. She is just a lovely person. I'm sure you guys are going to love her because I know I do. So uh, before we get started, just to give you some backstory, Kendall and I met in 2012 during our Cal State Study Abroad program to the south of France um, we were there for a whole academic year and during that time we experienced ups and downs and lots of European vacations and just really solidified our lifelong friendship. So I am super excited to announce Kendall. So thank you, Kendall, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited for you to be on here.
1: Um, I'm I'm beyond excited. Uh, all the listeners, I just adore Brittany and love her podcast, and uh, feel very honored to be featured on Girl Talk. Oh, well, thank you.
0: Okay, so let's dive in. So, um, Kendall, can you tell us how you met Martin?
1: Yes, in the uh, intro, you were right. We met while Martin was studying abroad at my college from Germany. Um, Ironically, we had been in the same parties, but hadn't met, Um, but a mutual friend organized a trip to Vegas, and I had left something in the boys' hotel room, so when I walked in, I first saw him standing naked in the corner, so I like to tell people I first saw him half naked in the Excalibur in Los Angeles, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, nothing happened. We just exchanged numbers, and yeah, then we started dating. And how naked are we talking? like full booty. <laughs> Probably saw like a left cheek, but it was enough where <laughs> I knew
0: it was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, And so how did the dating start?
1: Oh, it, it started. It was kind of cute because he was really nervous and he didn't want to straight up ask for my number. So he like got a group of us girls together and was like, in case I get lost, let me get all of your numbers. So I had no idea he was interested in me. (laughs) Um, but then, yeah, he texted me when we were back at school. And then we went to, uh, I think our farmers, a farmer's market was the first date.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. And um, so he he was at college with you. Was he there for just a semester or did he do the whole academic year?
1: He did the whole academic year, but we actually went on our first date in like February. So towards the end. And then I think he left in the spring. So we only dated in person for like three months before he left.
0: Okay. And when he left to go back to Germany, uh, were was the sentiment that you guys were going to try and make it work, or did you guys break up? What happened there?
1: Uh, we, at first, we were like, you know, if you find someone else, it's okay. You know, I, it was great meeting you. But then pretty shortly after we started long distance, that whole unknown was too hard. So then we decided to be all in and see what would happen.
0: And how long did you guys go long distance for? Before oh before seeing each other or being together
1: again? That's a great question. So we met when I was like 21. And then I think we moved in together when I was 25.
0: So you did four years of long distance. Yes. And how often would you guys see each other throughout that period?
1: We would try to see each other like every four months. I think the longest we went was six months and shout out to anyone doing long distance now in the pandemic, because I know some people have gone a year. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard.
0: And how, how did you guys make that work? Just a lot of FaceTiming or
1: um, yes. FaceTime, yeah. Snapchat, tons of naughty nice Snapchats, like thank God for the internet. Um, letters, care packages, we would always have our next like visit booked so we could do like a countdown, Um, but you definitely had to get creative, Um, but that's how we made it work.
0: Wow, that would be so challenging. Four years of being, I mean, gosh, when Jeff and I did that when I studied abroad, it was only one year and I was going crazy. So I
1: cannot imagine. I did purchase a vibrator this time, (laughs) get myself through. (laughs) That's
0: hilarious. Okay, so during this four years, um, and then when he finally moved back. And you guys moved in together that must have been a huge shock because you went four years doing long distance and seeing each other in person in short bursts and then basically doing a 180 and having him live with you so what was that like uh
1: yeah it was we were like it was a strain we were very unique in the sense that martin initially ended up working for my father's company as an engineer but he was in southern california and at the time I was in San Francisco. So we were still doing distance. um, But we were in the same state. But, you know, he was very isolated. It was a new country, a new job. He didn't have friends there. He didn't have me there. It was a culture shock. Um, So that was an adjustment. And then when we moved in together um oh gosh that was how
0: long was that period where he was in southern california and you were in northern
1: um
0: how long was that probably like a year okay and i'm assuming you guys just drove back and forth to see each other on weekends and such
1: yes like i did the eight hour drive sometimes because we were poor at the time and sometimes we could afford a flight um (laughs) but then when we finally did move in together um you know it was tough because I think when you're dating someone generally, like you'll have sleepovers or you'll be in the same environment as them and, and then you'll be in the same town. So you'll get to see kind of what it may be like to cohabitate. Um, but with Martin, it was like just super fast and all a rush. And it, we clashed on decorating our apartment and we had different styles. You know, are we going to buy... By the off-brand toilet paper or the on-brand, you know, how much I bought <laughs> shop was an issue or how many times are we going to off the floors in a week? Um, I feel like people don't realize this, but when you're in a long distance relationship, you can be so self-focused. Like you can cook what you want to eat for dinner, decorate your apartment how you want, watch the shows that you want to. So it's definitely like a major compromise moving in with a partner. And it was kind of like a whiplash, but we got through it.
0: Oh, totally. Because if you think about how people normally date, it's kind of gradually, you start spending more and more time together. Yeah. And it all happens very gradual. So you, you don't notice the things that you guys do differently, or maybe you notice them, but you don't, it doesn't feel as much of a shock. So going from, you know, having all that you time to now someone's living with you and you're adapting to each other, that would be that would
1: be a big change. Yeah, and there's all this buildup because you're like, what oh, if i to get to live with them? And then and you're like, so excited. Not, yeah. not all what you've imagined, but you know, in the end you work out your kinks like every other couple, you just do it all at once. Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, you kind of just have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when he moved back, um, how long after was it that you guys got married?
1: So he moved here and then he probably was here for six months and then we got married in a courthouse. Um, So yeah, he wasn't here that long just because the visa process is, it's really time consuming. It can take like over a year before he'd even be able to work um, in this country. Luckily he had an, like a internship visa, which kind of was a buffer for that, but a long process
0: oh yeah I didn't even think about that that is a long process I've
1: I mean I've heard you tell me about it he still doesn't have his visa right he yeah so like once you get approved and you know it's it's this whole health checkup they have to we have to be interviewed once that's approved you basically get a temporary visa for two years and then after that you get reevaluated, and then you get your green card so we did just, he did just get his green card, which we had a big party because that was like over three years in the making. Oh my
0: gosh, that's amazing. Well, congrats to Martin. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so, um, so let's talk about the challenges you guys face as a married couple when it comes to uh, diversity and, and Martin being from, from Germany. So what, what do you think are probably the biggest obstacles or challenges? that you think you face?
1: That's a really good question. There are many, and it probably differs from all different kinds of countries. But um, one of the big ones is that his family lives in Germany. So it's like a huge cost and time sink to see them. And it's like a $1,300 flight. And he's so close with them. And he was probably seeing them, you know, every month before he moved here. And now, you know, we try and go at least once a year, but I feel guilty because I feel like I'm the reason he's here. So that's definitely one of the hardest issues is the family aspect.
0: Yeah. And he has a big family too, right? Yeah.
1: He has four siblings and like, he's from a small town. So his aunt and his cousins are there and his grandma, it's, they're like all there and they all miss him. So I wish we could go back more and hopefully we can someday. Yeah.
0: Um, do you guys have the intention of potentially moving back there or or where where do you
1: yeah. guys see starting a family? In America or in Germany? Oh, that's I I would think Germany just because it's got a great healthcare system and they they do have 30 days of PTO there plus more holidays so i was already doing the math and i feel like i would see my family as much as i see them now there if i lived there um and then we'd obviously want to raise our kids bilingual and in germany it's really easy cuz they start them with english very young um, but in America, that's not really the case. So I don't know if you've seen like my big fat Greek wedding, but I feel like that would be me, you know, they have a to to German <laughs> language school, which I'm sure they would hate. Um, it just seems like it'd be more complicated here, but wherever it happens, you know, it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. And so with Martin being here now for what, gosh, like two, maybe three years, three years. Oh, right? yeah.
1: I think almost four years.
0: Almost four years. Okay. So would you say that he's adapted to American culture?
1: In some ways, yes. Like there, the, one of the biggest things we love is how it is to be in America. And I know Europeans kind of like make fun of us, but it's nice to have a drive through ATM or a grocery store open on Sunday or, you know, the pharmacies open 24 hours. Like you don't realize how nice of a luxury that is until, you know, you don't have it anymore. Like where he is from, things are closed on Sundays and things close at five. You know, it's just a lot harder to get things done. I don't know how they do it, but um, that's a plus. And then other things he really likes are the customer service aspect in America. It's just, they really treat the customers well. And he loves small talk now. And when you're checking out at a store, that's very American and he loves it. And then um, on the business side, the stock market for some, like our stock market's very old. This is a total guy thing, but he really likes that. So luckily there are some things he's really happy about. I would not have even thought about the stuff. Okay. I know. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, not my thing, but totally his.
0: Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper. So after you guys got married and you went from basically being long distance and then um, now you would live together and then quickly after you guys got married, can you explain your relationship and your feelings? Because I also know some like – you know, some tragedies happened kind of early on. So how did you guys cope and what
1: was that like? Oh gosh, it was so hard. Like a month before our courthouse wedding, his best friend from childhood passed away. And that was really hard. And he was dealing it mostly by himself because I wasn't there yet. And then one month after our wedding, my mom passed away and I was very close with my mom. And then six months after our wedding, his grandma passed away and his grandma like partly raised him. So this was just a lot of death. And I had already talked about, you know, moving in together. It was a lot of stressors and we were going through the visa process and these deaths were also unexpected. It was just so hard. And I think within, we recently did the math, like within our first five years of marriage, we've lost three grandmothers a grandfather, my mom and his best friend, but luckily we're a lot better at coping with things now. So we've been able to support each other, but I think when you hit like your first real rough patch with your significant other, it's a huge test. Um, And we were both exhausted and really going through it. And just also like identity struggles, especially with Martin and we couldn't even be there for each other because we were suffering so much and I would just go into the closet and cry myself into a nap and I felt so alone and I think he did too and you know you start to crumble and you start to lose that positive sentiment that you have with each other and we at the time didn't you know have the tools really to know how to navigate that so it was a really hard time.
0: So what tools did you put into place to, to build that sentiment back up?
1: Um, Definitely (laughs) marriage therapy. I felt like a complete failure because this was like, we would only been married a year. And then we were struggling so hard, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" I, I I was at a loss, and I was like, "We need to go to marriage therapy." And only so,
0: married a year, but you guys had been through a lot.
1: Okay, so uh, don't tell yourself. <laughs> yeah, but no newly married couple, you know. I had this other friend who was like totally in the honeymoon phase, and you know, I felt like something's wrong with me or us, or you know, why are we not in the honeymoon phase? Um, but honest to God, our marriage therapist was a godsend, and. I think uh, you were encouraging and one of my aunts was encouraging and I didn't feel alone and we ended up going and she taught me how to like take care of myself with self-soothing but also how to take care of one another and how to communicate with Martin. So on the self-soothing aspect, you know, if I was feeling flooded, I was just like, I would you know, be flooded with my emotions. But then I learned, you know, I can take a bubble bath or I can go for a walk and I can disengage from whatever that really strong emotion is at the time to calm down. And then when it came to dealing with Martin, you know, I'm, I'm sure people have heard of like the UI statements, but it's so powerful. So instead of being like, you don't listen to me, you know, it becomes, I feel unheard. Can we talk? And that's such a simple change, but it can, you know, take the defense mode out of your partner. And then another thing that I was doing was I was making, you know, Martin the villain and a lot of things. And she helped me break down how your partner's not always the villain. So an example of this is we had had our courthouse wedding, but I had envisioned like a wedding party and I wanted my friends and my family to be there. I had, you know, Like every girl, I'm like, I know exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, But Martin wanted to keep it very intimate, like just our immediate family. And And do you
0: think that was partly because that might be
1: more of a German type wedding? Yeah, I totally, that could have been it. But at the time we were still stuck in this, we hadn't climbed out of that negative sentiment. So it was like, even if I thought that was German, I'm like, I don't care. Like you're being selfish. I'm a woman, you know, this is a girl's thing. Like. You need to let me have. Let this. me have my day. Yeah, <laughs> this is my day, not yours. <laughs> um, but when, like, uh, my therapist's name was Michelle. But when she helped me break that down, you know, he wanted to keep it small because he wanted to save that money for a nest egg, and that's not an evil thing. Like, that's not that's actually reasonable. And she also helped me see the reasons behind why we felt so stuck in the mud. Like I had talked about my wedding with my mom who had passed away. And so it felt very sentimental to see this vision through, Um, you know, but Martin had grown up with a lot less and to him, he wanted to save for our family that would come or, you know, a house. And that also is still really good. So I think understanding that there's goodness Um, from even if you're disagreeing with your partner understanding why they're having that difference of opinion and compromising and I'm so happy we ended up having a smaller wedding and he actually had a great day too even though there were like twice as many people as he would have wanted but he enjoyed the day so it really worked out in the end but that's how she helped us
0: And it was a lovely day. I was there. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, you're there. Honorary maid of honor. (laughs) So um, this rough patch, how long do you feel like that lasted?
1: How long? Um, I probably would say before we saw Michelle, we were in a rough patch for like a year. And then after we saw Michelle, I think another six months to a year. It's not... Um, race it's a marathon or it's not a sprint it's a marathon you have to slowly climb out you're still you know you're learning how to uh, you know control your emotions and yeah yeah, that takes time that's like a muscle you have to build up so it's not night and day but yeah probably I think it was
0: um Michelle Obama who said if you have uh if you have if you've been married for 40 years and you have two good years of marriage, that's a success.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So, Did you say that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, what's, what's Barack like?
1: <laughs> I know. I, I, I think it was um, Jamie Lee Curtis's father or something. I may be wrong on who said this, but it was like, do you know the reason I never got divorced? Because we never wanted to get divorced at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Marriage can be hard.
0: It is, it's, it is hard because it's, it's, you're, you're kind of bound to it too. You know, mm-hmm. you have to work it out. It, I mean, I feel like sometimes it feels like you have to, and sometimes it feels like you want to.
1: Yes. Yeah. Very true. So eloquently put, that's another good quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs>
0: um. So how, so you talked about kind of the marriage therapy and how it, how long it took you Um to get out of that kind of animosity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that privately you've shared that uh, Martin also had like negative thoughts around his job. Mm -hmm. And just in that aspect, do you feel like when it's your partner being unhappy with something that is outside of your control, how have you learned to deal with that? Because I feel like when that happens with me, I know Jeff has had jobs where he's unhappy or, um, I mean, other, other influences that are just making him unhappy. And it, it also leaks onto me, you know, I, I have a very hard time separating how he feels to how I feel, because I, of course, want him to be happy. So it's very hard to, um, to be a partner with somebody who is going through a rough time. And it feels like it's not able to pull themselves out or
1: Or is stuck. So how would you say that you're, that you deal with those things? Oh my gosh. Well, first, I don't know if it's a thing, but I feel like women always get this, like, we're the moody ones. And I don't think that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to all my married girlfriends out there, I feel like guys can totally get in a mood. And then, yeah, from what I just told you, like, also we were going through some dark times. So he was it was dark. He was in a mood. It was like a, you know, sulking pile of sadness in my small apartment. And I'm somebody who, you know, I like to rip the bandaid off. Let's talk about it. Let's move on. Like, let's get this negative energy out of us and out of the apartment. But um, that's not the way he works and totally feel you. Like I was totally miserable when he was sad and I would try and make him feel better. Like, I'm like, okay, he's having a bad day and he likes hiking, so let's go hiking. I know he'll love hiking, um, but that wouldn't fix it. So then I'll be like, I'll make his favorite meal tonight and, you know, hopefully that will help bring him out of his mood. <laughs> and, you know, that would that would do it for me, but that wasn't doing it for him. And I was just tiring myself out and, you know, he was still ha- unhappy. So then I was angry with him. And I can like kind of laugh about it now, but what Martin hindsight has said that he really wanted was like a space and alone time so he could, you know, think about his thoughts. And I was like trying to fix the problem but making it worse and myself unhappy in the process. So Yeah, because um, all
0: of your efforts are fruitless,
1: right? Yeah. Yes. And um in the end, this another thing, marriage therapy uh hashtag everyone go get marriage therapy what she helped me with was you know we are responsible for our own happiness and I've also read like this codependency book which is sometimes when you have a reliance on other people it just like talks about how you have to do you and you know you can still be there for your partner like I asked Martin you know, do you need anything or do you want to talk? And normally the answer is no, but then I go about my day. Like I go get a latte or I go to the pool or go to home goods or even watch a show in another room. Like I have space and thus I feel like I protect my own mood and he has alone time to think about himself and his thoughts and process it. And he gets out of it fast. Yeah. That's See, and I, I'm not
0: that type of person either. So we probably come with like the, I mean, I'm not somebody who, when I'm upset, I want to just sit and sulk, you know, yeah. I'm definitely more like, oh, Jeff's doing nice things for me. It's helping me get out of it. So I know. I, um, love I think you're, that.
1: You know, it's like a love language. You
0: know, <laughs> I know. I would not
1: want to be left alone. I'd want to be like, yeah, you want to give me like a Starbucks. Okay. If that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. So true. And like to preface this, I do know people whose like spouses have been in a bad mood for, you know, I'm not talking like they're going through deal, something, a very long period of time. And at that point, they need to get some help um, because it, no matter who you are, you can be superwoman. It is really hard to continuously be around somebody who's not in a good place and not feel, you know, weighed down.
0: Yeah. The negativity. Um the negativity starts to bring it down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's like a total energy thing. Like even if it was your friend and you were on a road trip, if your friend's in a bad mood, you're not going to have as much fun. So it is very natural too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so how has Martin learned to deal with that? Have you has now that you guys kind of have established that when he's going through something um, it's not, your willingness to fix that helps it's his ability to be um, a little bit more isolated it sounds like you guys have communicated that so how how does he deal now is it still the same
1: um it's a lot better um there's a lot of things he has done like journaling he's read books individual therapy um There's this great book called Anger Management for Men, and it's not just for men, but it's like a very self reflective book that helps you get to know yourself better and oh Jeff needs that. Yeah. <laughs> or should I say Jerome? I, I know I talk with so many girlfriends and they like, oh oh my man needs that. And I'm like, if you <laughs> can't get it for them, they've got to get it for themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I yeah, have so honey, many books so that so bought helpful. Jeff
0: and <laughs> he hasn't opened any of them. So it's
1: so true. Yeah. Um gosh, it's so funny. Um but I think for in our house what we've done is like gratitude attitude and when you're feeling frustrated, I think everyone has these like dark thoughts. Like what if I never did this or like, you know, maybe my life would have been easier if I didn't, you know, leave my country and start this new career path. Like I think everyone has those thoughts, but realizing what you do have and you know, we have a great apartment and friends and family, and we still have those dreams for our career. And, you know, a house and kids and things we want that will materialize. And, you know, just looking at the bright side, like, even though there's so many cultural differences between the two of us that can make him homesick or you know, make him feel like a, an alien or a foreigner here, there's also so many cool things that we get to experience. Like, whether I get to be in Europe or he learns about, you know, Thanksgiving or things like that, like things that we we have such a richer life too because of it. So trying to find the bright side and focusing on what you do have. And sometimes it's like just your morning coffee if it's a really bad day, but, you know, looking on the, on the good side of things.
0: Well, you're excellent at that. So I'm sure that he, he's learning from, you know, one of the best. (laughs) (laughs) I don't always feel that way, but yeah, I try. (laughs) Well, I think that also adds that, you know, because when Martin was like going through this period, um, I'm sure that just adds to the weight of you wearing those like emotions because his family is far. So it's yeah. not like his family is able to help with that like support, you know, it really is just you. I mean, maybe the friends that you have locally, but it's still different versus family versus, um, you know, friends you've made in the last couple years.
1: So, oh, yeah, it's, and I think women like put a lot on ourselves, just like, what did I do to like, you know, there is a lot of guilt. Like I mentioned that he's here away from his family and his friend base. And, you know, you start thinking about, uh, maybe if we had done this, like he would have been happier, but base yeah, slippery slope. Yeah. And And anyone
0: can say that about anything, right? I mean.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like, yeah. And I don't know why, you know, I don't know. I feel like we are caregivers. So I think that's probably why we always want to like take care of other people. And, um, but that's not always healthy for us or for them. Yep.
0: So true. They need to learn their own self-soothing, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. And you're just going to be, you know, a stronger, person because of it. And even his, um, you know, like the individual therapist said, you know, these emotional challenges are so hard. And I know you've talked about these in your previous episodes, like they're so low, but then you gain this emotional strength or this new muscle or empathy for other people that wasn't there before. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: It definitely is. It definitely is. I was reading something that, um, I was reading something and it said, like, it's the grit in life that changes you and, and ultimately brings you closer to um, a better life.
1: Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm also reading um, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights, and he goes through a really oh, isolating place where he's in another country in Australia and miserable and he's like but that was so transformative like it Mm -hmm. allowed me to self-reflect and not be the cool guy anymore basically and he was so humbled because of it and he says he is who he is today because of that so for the better and for the better yeah
0: because you learn it's just like you said it's that transformative time yes great well Well Thank you so much for this. I think it's been such a great call and interview, and I'm just so grateful that you were willing to to share your personal story.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I mean, what I say. I feel so honored to be a guest. Uh my first podcast, so hopefully you listeners enjoyed it, <laughs> um, but... Uh, I just, I love you and I can't wait to see where Girl Talk goes. And I thank you for allowing me to, yeah, share my story. Hopefully, all right. it helps somebody out there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it will. It's definitely helped me. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Kendall. Thanks, Brittany. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Girl Talk. Before you go, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review so we can get the feedback. Thanks so much. Talk to you
1: all next week.